Hey, you're listening to the Creative Pep Talk Podcast. We help you build a thriving creative practice. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza! You can stay up to date with all things Creative Pep Talk by following me on Instagram at Andy J. Pizza. Let's get into today's episode. I really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new fluid engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site. It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it. Got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him like, you should go check it out. You're gonna be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was gonna tell you about this new site anyway. Go check it out, antijpizza.com if you wanna see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you, where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Ushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. your regular podcast content because things got crazy in the world, didn't they? It's been a really crazy week. Oh my goodness. If you're listening to this the day it comes out, everything just hit the fan in the United States. Bars, restaurants are closed and everything's on lockdown because of the coronavirus. Um, And because of that, I had to start searching my soul about what kind of podcast content should I be showing up with? How can I help do my little tiny part in the lives of the people, the creative pepperonis that listen to this show? Uh, how can I, how can I get you pepped up? And I always start with how do I get myself pepped up first? Because if I can't get excited about it, how's it going to help you? And I had a lazy weekend. I had a downer, melancholy, bummer kind of weekend, just taking it chill, pouting about having to be locked up in our house. And, uh, and you know, I think it was good. I think it's good to go through the grief and feel the pain of the moment, not distract yourself from being present. We're going to talk about that a little bit more soon. But yeah, I started to just think, okay, what is my role here? What are we going to do? 
how am I going to get psyched about the next couple weeks and not just totally, you know, let it control everything and destroy my productivity? And how do I encourage you all to do the same thing? And so uh, I was reminded of this phrase that I heard from business guru, Michael Hyatt. He says, whenever anything goes wrong and the plans get disrupted, he always asks himself, what does this make possible? What does this make possible that wasn't possible without it? And, uh, you know, without being a Pollyanna and being, you know, trying to twist everything to be like, look at the silver lining. It's so beautiful. I I've read about what the hospitals are going through. I know that there is death and, and so much serious struggle and the economic strife that comes from this and, and the aftermath. I get it. I'm not downplaying it. In fact, I think we should accept the present moment for what it is. I'm not, I'm not telling you to run from it. Uh, in fact, later in this episode, I'm going to tell you to lean into it and, and really feel and be present here. But... I do believe that this isolation does make possible some things that never could have happened without it and some things that if you lean in, you will come out of this season uh, with a lot of great things. A lot of, a lot of powerful impact can happen on your creativity if you approach this in the right way. And it also reminded me, so I started thinking, so I started thinking about what does this make possible and I was reminded by, I was reminded of this thing that I heard Rob Bell say, who, who's like a, a speaker and teacher. He said that, you know, when a, when a caterpillar enters the chrysalis, scientists always kind of assumed that, you know, the caterpillar's body kind of morphs a little bit into being the body of the butterfly and somehow the first fruits of the butterfly wings are somehow stuck in, you know, little, you know, the beginnings of them are somehow sealed within the caterpillar's body. And when they go in the chrysalis, they kind of bloom and blossom and grow. And then they, you know, shed the chrysalis and they're a butterfly. But that is not what happens, man. It defies logic what happens. And actually uh, what happens is when it goes into this chrysalis or cocoon it melts like the the witch from oz and i'm melting that kind of thing into a primordial goo it completely and utterly breaks down to the most fundamental basic microbials i don't know if that maybe that word just stuck in my head molecules it gets into the, just fundamental goo it's that's what happens caterpillar juice um, as someone called it on Instagram TV when I was prepping for this episode, it's a big puddle and there is this death that happens like all is lost from what it once was. It completely and utterly and fundamentally breaks down. And I don't know about you, but that feels like what's happening right now. Society, community, the globe. We've, I don't know if we've ever in our lifetime experienced a breakdown globally, communally, all at the same time, going through the same sorts of things ever. Not in my lifetime. And so this breakdown can feel like all is lost. It can feel like a death. And for some of you, there is real death knocking at the door. And I get it. And I'm not downplaying it. For, but for those of us that are stuck in our house 
with nothing to do but reflect and make creative stuff and, and, and work, this death could be the first fruits of a true rebirth. You know, Mary Gaspar Art, as she goes by on Instagram, put in my comments that, you know, after the bubonic plague, shortly after there was the Renaissance. And I get this feeling deep within my bones when everything gets broken down to the fundamental pieces, to the primordial goo, that that is the chemical state in which that chaos is where so much new life and new connections are made that were never possible. And when things like the pruning that's going on right now, the, the, the wiping away of everything that's, that's built up, the snowball that's kind of happened over time and we've collected all these things into our schedule for everything to just be broken down to the most basic parts, that's what we're experiencing right now. And therefore, I thought we could do what I'm calling the creative pepamorphosis. The created pepamorphosis remote retreat. We're all together alone doing a creative remote retreat. So we're going to do that. We're going to do a three-part creative pepamorphosis series. The caterpillar, the chrysalis, and the butterfly. Today is the caterpillar. Uh, and then we're also going to be doing prompts and activities and live chats and, 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 and grumbling and, and, uh, and complaining and all together on Instagram at Andy J pizza. And we're going to do a remote retreat together and make this breaking down, not a full on death, but a, but a short cocoon in which a rebirth can occur. Are you with me? Are you ready? Let's do it. Let's get into the proper episode, the goods for this thing. Let's talk about the caterpillar, shall we? Let's do it. Here we go. So one of the first nights that we were in the official lockdown situation, I guess it's voluntary, voluntary lockdown here in Ohio, uh, but one of the first nights that we had that, I took the time to make this elaborate ramen. I marinated some soft-boiled eggs, and I, I you know, I, I, I blended some ginger and oil, sesame oil with garlic, and I just took my time making a meal because we had some time on our hands on a Saturday that we don't usually have, and I put together this meal. It was quite delicious, if I do say so myself, and Sophie was just saying, man, really feel spoiled. And it really points out that we haven't really done this in quite some time. We haven't really put in the full effort and through the busyness of our schedules and the, the onslaught of things coming at us, we've just just barely get by, you know, stuff some veggies here, you know, try to make sure it's not all junk food, but it's not really soul food. It's not nourishing us in every possible way, even if we're just not, you know, constantly slamming McDonald's. We, we don't eat McDonald's. No judgment there. We just, I just haven't eaten there in a long time. But, but uh, we noticed like, huh, so this, this is what was made possible because of this situation. And it got me thinking about when we relate it to the pepamorphosis, the caterpillar, the caterpillar's primary job. And some of you might really envy a caterpillar. I do. The primary caterpillar's job is eating. 
That's what it's on this planet to do. While it's alive, it's trying to eat as much as humanly possible, store as much energy up as possible so that when it goes into that isolation, it's ready to make this metamorphosis happen. And uh, I was reminded of, I felt like before we had this ramen, we were like Eric Carle's Hungry Caterpillar. You remember that book from grade school where the little caterpillar eats like in one day it's so hungry it eats like an ice cream cone and a salami and a watermelon, just like a huge amount of food. And then it has this huge tummy ache until it eats its greens. It starts eating a leaf and it starts feeling all better. And after we ate our ramen, we felt like the caterpillar after he had eaten a delicious, healthy meal. It was almost like a spiritual cleanse. And I have this theory that you art what you eat. We talked about this a few weeks ago on the podcast. Might 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 have been a few months ago, probably was. We talked about the art uh, inspiration pyramid and all the different ways that you can be inspired. You know, it's not just about what's trendy and cool right now from your peers, but it's also going back to old inspiration, obscure inspiration, getting inspired by life and all that good stuff. And I kind of feel like as we're in this forced cocoon, as we're in this isolation, what we can do is start digging into healthier inspiration. You know, the hungry caterpillar, when he's eating all that junk, that to me is like us on our phones. We're all of our, if all of your inspiration is coming from Twitter and Pinterest and, and Instagram, it's like the junk food convenience inspiration for the artist. And if we're all living off that, Austin Cleon talks about garbage in, garbage out. If all of the inspiration that you're taking in right now is the, you know, fast food, junk food of social social media art, if that's all you're really uh, consuming, that's all you're really going to be able to make. And it's just going to get recombobulated over and over again. I'm reminded my kid's friend said there's a rumor that Chuck E. Cheese, I heard it's not true. This isn't libel, but it's a funny story of uh, Chuck E. Cheese would take leftover pizza that people left over on the tables and then put it in some kind of grinder and remake pizzas with leftover pizza. And if you're all you're doing is taking junk food, junk food inspiration from social media and putting it inside and recombobulating it and putting it back out, you've got yourself the the dreaded Chuck E. Cheese uh, pizzas. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble for talking about that. Um, but I believe that this is the season for you and me to go deeper and have a art inspiration cleanse. And so in this episode, I want to give you three ideas, maybe four, We'll see what happens. Three or four ideas on how to get back to some primary research, to some deeper research, and get some of those fruits and veggies, uh, some of those, you know, maybe some challenging inspiration that's not just the guilty pleasures, but stuff that, you know, causes you to pause, to take pause when you're consuming, and, uh, and get some of that good stuff. Because if you start ingesting some of this delicious stuff, this powerful stuff, this healthy stuff, the stuff you produce will change. And so as things slow down, instead of just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, maybe pick up a book. There's better ideas in here than that, deeper ideas, but that's kind of the premise. Plus at the end, we're going to get, uh, I'm going to break down one 
extra cool tactic that I that I came across and, and elaborated on that I'm really excited about. It's a little unusual, a little upside down. Let's get to it. Okay, so we're going to go through three types of healthy art inspiration, an art inspiration cleanse, if you will. What's some, as we have some more time to consume creative stuff, what are three types of creative things that are healthier to consume than just that regurgitation of uh, Chuck E. Cheese junk food on social media? What can, what can we dive into that'll give us some more depth in our creative work while we have a little uh, uh, opportunity on our hands? The first one is life experience. So primary research, you know, the best, truest garden to start growing your creative work from is your actual life. And to do that, you've actually got to be present. And I think that's, that's going to be the hugest challenge for us as we experience the thing that we're going through right now is not to distract ourselves from it, not to put our head in the ground like an ostrich and, and blah, 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 not, no, it's all good. No, how can we sit in the place that we're in and experience it? And I want to get to that in just a second, but just to give you an argument about why life experience is so important for your artwork to truly flourish and thrive and blossom is that art that lacks life is dead. Your art will be dead if you're getting secondhand smoke, secondhand inspiration. You know, you're just inspired by some other artist who was inspired by their life. And even worse, if you're inspired by an artist who was inspired by an artist who was inspired by an artist, you're not getting any actual life pulsing through that stuff. If you want to have life, if you want your artwork to feel like it's pulsing with real life, it's got to have some basis, some foundation from your own observations, from your own experiences, from your own life. And our job right now as artists is to take the freaking crap. Sorry to almost swear at you like a teenage, like a, like a preteen. Um, I try to keep it clean friends for the pit, for the stay at home dads that are trying to get pepped. Well, we're all stay-at-home dads and moms and peoples, stay-at-home persons, whatever. Your cats might be listening, and I don't want to drop any bombs. Um, try to take the crap that we have been dealt as humanity in this moment. That crap, it's our job as artists to make that the fertilizer that grows something beautiful. And I'm not just talking about flowers to decorate tombs. I'm saying, how do we make real, how do we produce real produce from this situation? I believe, you know, we've been in a season as humanity, we've been so disconnected and divided. And I feel like this thing, there's a softness to every human I've encountered with in real life or through the internet. 
And it's our job as creative people to, to take advantage of this softness and start bringing us together and start showing each other our stories and telling each other our experiences. I feel like we have an opportunity here to really take the fertilizer and turn it into something gorgeous. And that might be something that just, you know, a, a joke that cheers someone up that day, or it might be telling a story that helps us think differently about the way we organize ourselves as humans, AKA politics, right? And everything in between, you know? So, uh, you know, if you're going to do that, you're going to have to have some life experience pulsing through your work. Here's how I suggest doing that. It's kind of a, it's a three-part thing inside of a three-part thing. So we'll move from numbers to letters. A, feel the pain. If any of this stuff is, you know, first of all, just in terms of health, it's important to grieve and experience the truth and not just hide yourself from it. Like, this is bad. This is bad. People are suffering. And it's going to suck even just for the people that aren't suffering, just to be locked away in their houses and disconnected. We're social animals. We need to see each other's faces, to smell other people around us. Like we've got to have that and it's going to be tough and there's no uh, distracting yourself from that truth. And in fact, if you're going to turn this fertilizer into something beautiful, I would argue that you've got to be present through it. Because if you're not feeling the feelings that we're all feeling now, you're not going to be able to speak to that as an artist. There's so much that's going to come from this collective experience. Uh, we're going through a crucible together. And there's going to be so much art that comes out of this that's going to speak to it and heal. But you're not going to be able to speak to it if you didn't experience it. So A, you got to feel the pain and, 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 and observe what's actually going on. B, the, the, you need to observe. So I like this thing, uh, this idea of the observer that you're not your feelings and your thoughts, you're the awareness of those things. It's a little woo, but you know how I do. I love it. It's um, <laughs> a weird rhyme. You know, observe. There's an ob observation of the artist. The artist has the tool. You know, your art actually is a manifestation of the awareness of the observer, the part of you that's watching yourself feel the pain. There's a, there's a deeper inner self that is never, uh, tainted by the pain of the experience. And I'm going to get to the actual practical crap and not just the mumbo jumbo here in a second. Well, let's just do it now. There's a, I've heard so many comedians say when a tragedy strikes in their lives, they have this stoic internal mechanism that says, yes, this really sucks. And I'm feeling it, but there's this secret part of them that says, this is going to make great material <laughs> because they know the good stuff comes from the fertilizer. And so I want you to feel the pain, but, but also take some time, some space in the observation and just look at it be like, huh, you're that, that sucks. Doesn't it? You know, there's a thing that happened to me early on. Uh, I watched people in my life, extended family members and what have you that were just ravaged by their feelings. They had no, ob, uh, no observer to say, Oh, I'm not my feelings. I see my feelings, but I'm not them. And my dad really did a great job of teaching me like, you know, your feelings aren't always real. You're always, you might be really feeling them, but, uh, they don't always seem what they are. And you can really look at them. And there's part of me that, oh, you know, even over the weekend of like, huh, I'm really struggling without being able to go be around even strangers. 
And that observer, man, that's where the good, that's where the primary research comes out. And then C was just realize if you don't do A, you can't do B. So you, you can't, th there can't be really great material coming out of this if you were never really there. And so don't run and hide from it. That's the first one, life experience. That, that requires being present, that requires not hiding, that requires leaning into, and ultimately observing what's going down right now for us as humans. And by the way, you know, I want to just give you one little disclaimer. If you have some mental health struggles right now, you probably did even before this all went down. There's a lot of chaos going on in the world. Uh, and just generally, some, some of you really struggle just with a chemical type of anxiety and depression. Um, you, you know, do what you got to do to survive. I'm not asking you to, to, uh, to feel the pain and suffer as an artist to the point of self-detriment. So I would never advocate for such a thing. Let's go to number two. Number two is live for material. So We've talked about this a little bit on the show, but I want to add some extra flavor and sauce to this creative inspiration. So I'm a huge fan of Moomin. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. If you haven't, you've got to check it out. It's one of my biggest inspirations. Tova Jansen was a Scandinavian artist. I believe she was actually from Finland. She's kind of like the Scandinavian Jim Henson or Hayao Miyazaki making these fantastical lands with fantastical creatures called the Moomin. And Moomin Troll was the main character. And he had a family with Moomin Papa and Moomin Mama and, and uh, this little uh, girl creature called Little Mai who is hilarious and reminds me of my daughter Alice um, but, but uh, it's so good it's massive inspiration to me and every once in a while while I'm scrolling through Instagram uh, one of their posts will come up and it'll just be a little slice of Moomin a little piece of one of the comics and I'm always like oh man I love that it gets me really pumped about creative stuff but as things have started to slow down, I started to dive back into the actual Moomin novels and really digest the real stuff, the good stuff, not the little hits that you get on Instagram, but the goods. And one of the things later in uh, the book that comes up is Moomin is telling his girlfriend, Snork Maiden, how, what about that name? Freaking love. All the words in the book are amazing. Sniff. That's one of the names. Snuffkin is like this uh, vagabond traveler. Oh, man. She had a knack for naming. Um, but uh, Moomin Troll is telling Snork Maiden about his dad and how Moomin Papa has built this bridge and I guess he's told her that like three or four times and he says everything my dad does he writes it in a book called his memoirs and Snork Maiden's like man that sounds like it's really time consuming it's a surprise that he actually finds time to do anything when he's writing about it all the time and Moomin's like oh don't worry he he makes time to do stuff even if it's just so that he can write about it later. And I thought that was amazing because I think that's a little bit the life of an artist. Artists get obsessed with making stuff, sometimes to their own detriment, sometimes to the fact that they quit making art about their life. They start 
because all the all they do is art, they start making their art about their art, and then their art is about their art is about their art, and it just becomes really obscure and weird and disconnected from the human experience. Sometimes I think this is why the sophomore album from a band kind of sucks, is because it's not, you know, the first album is about their whole life up into that point and all these human experiences that we can all relate to. But then after that, the second album is about being on the road. You know, how many songs are about on the road again? We're like, I've never been on the road. This doesn't do it for me. And you've got to take some time to do stuff so that you have some things to make art about. And for me, I have to trick myself because I get so obsessed with making stuff that, and, and so obsessed with my creative practice that I have to trick myself to go on vacation. Things like, you know, I have to think this vacation is really going to help your art, but you don't do it right. If somewhere on that vacation, you don't, if you don't go long enough to switch over from I'm doing this for my work to I don't want to go back to work because I'm having so much fun. And there's this thing of it, once you get into that place, there's some real healthy, juicy creative inspiration that comes from actual pure play and fun. I have a buddy, Kyle Sheely. I talk about him all the time on this show. He's one of my closest friends. We talk really regularly and we're, we're creative peers that really inspire each other. He is the epitome of living for inspiration. He, he, you know, he, he does these crazy things. He built this huge giant cardboard Viking ship to have a Viking funeral for all of our regrets for the people that we used to be and don't want to be anymore. He collected like 25,000 regrets and, uh, on little note cards from all these people. And he burned them to the ground in this like 16 foot Viking ship made out of cardboard. And he does that, you know, because he's having a great time primarily, but also so that when he goes up on stage, because he's a full time public speaker, he's got these amazing stories to go tell people. So he lives these stories. So he's got stories to tell, just like Moom and Papa. And he does all kinds of other stuff, like uh, takes this VHS tape around that he found at a gas station, bought at a gas station, and he named him Vernon. And he decided to show him, show Vernon the world and it and these amazing moving beautiful funny stories come out of these crazy life experiences and then sometimes he just he has he bought this big property and he started making flour out of the acorns didn't know you could do that and that probably won't even turn into any art but there's just something about living real life that gives you the 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 true uh, seedlings of great creative work that real humans can relate to and so if you've got to trick yourself to, to get up a hobby or, or go on an adventure because you think it's going to pay off for your art, that's fine. But then once you're in it, really have some fun. I've been, like I said, marinating eggs for ramen. That's been doing it for me. I also just bought a bunch of props for uh, some secret content that's coming your way. It's going to be very jazzy. It's not going to help anything. It's not business related. It's just stuff that sounds fun. And so I'm encouraging you. You know, Gary Goleman talks about this. He's a comic, really great comic, uh, who gives all this advice on Twitter. And he tells people, live for material. If you're running dry, go sign up to do uh, some hand gliding. Like some weird things are going to happen from that. And you're going to get some fresh truly healthy primary research that's going to inspire your art. 
Number three is just eat your veggies. I'm talking about acquired tastes and innocent challenges. Innocent challenges is my latest way of saying the opposite of a guilty pleasure. Innocent challenges. Uh, I got a few prompts for you here to while you're in this cocoon phase in the butterflies. I mean the caterpillar. <laughs> You're a caterpillar right now, okay? I don't know, but you're eating. You're in. You're. You've got more time to 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 take part in your consumption of inspiration. Uh, and here's two. There, there's three things I'm going to suggest that you dive into. Yeah, you're going to binge some shows. You're going to watch some crap TV. I get it. You're going to go to your guilty pleasures. That's fine. You got to get through. I get it. But while you have some time on your hands, here's three different things you can dive into that'll help you get some fresh, healthy, veggie art inspiration. First one is revisit an old favorite. That's what I was doing as I'm reading these Moomin novels. And the reason I want to do that is I want to go back to my first love. There's a thing that happens when, you know, when it all hits the fan and you remember like what's important in life, like that kind of feeling with your art of why do I make art? You know, I highly suggest that on a regular basis you get back to what were the things I need to feel what it was like to be compelled to create again because it's, it's easy to forget and there's something about reading Moomin that I'm like, there's the whimsy and the absurdity and the slice of life and the strangeness of um, fantasy going on here that just, like the things that they do in this book are outrageous. It's almost like a dream state. And there's something about that. It's like, kind of like The Little Prince, which is one of my all-time favorite books, if not my favorite book. There's something about this absurdity, this thing about, it's kind of like living in a higher dimension where we're not bound by matter and molecules, but we're just you know, able to manifest whatever we want through our spirits. Weird stuff like that, that kind of stuff of like using our imaginations to break free of the confines of the very stuffy, dead, materialistic views of our universe. And there's, I love reminding people of like, it's weird here, man. It's not all just molecules. And I, so I, I wanted, I got back into, this is why I love my first love. This is why I make stuff, man. You got to feel that. So go back, revisit an old favorite. What's one of the things you tell everybody? This is my biggest inspiration. Have you ever heard of this thing? Yeah, but you haven't seen it in 10 years. Eternal Sunshine is like that for me. I watched Eternal Sunshine the past couple weeks. And boy, does that hold up. Holy goodness. That's probably my favorite movie of all time. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And it is a doozy. It's beautiful goodness gracious it's delicious it's like a dream sequence and uh if anybody knows me they know i i love my dreams i have a vivid dream life and i the way that they captured what it feels like to have a dream is unprecedented maybe maybe equaled by hayao miyazaki's spirited away this episode is just starting to turn into andy j pizza gives you recommendations but i'm giving an example i got back into that and i'm like oh this is what i want my creative work to feel like um and so revisit an old favorite second we'll go with b that that's a b so we don't mix the numbers and the letters uh consume a critical darling 
you know, something new that just came out, find something that gets rave reviews by people you trust that doesn't sound like a guilty pleasure, that isn't going to go down the hatch without a healthy swig of water. This is your vitamin. It's a daily vitamin. And the the bigger and girthier, the better. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble for this episode. But, you know, back in the day when I was in school, when I really was just starting to develop my music taste and my taste for creative things, I was so open-minded and I would consume albums that I just freaking hated that people who I trusted said were good. You know, one of those, I didn't hate it, but it was Vashti Bunyan. It's this folk singer, freak folk singer from the 70s. She did an album in like the 70s and then she did an album in like 2000. Six, uh, and it, it, it's real slow. It's like a lullaby, and I remember putting that on because I read a rave review about it, and I and I was doing this life drawing in my illustration class, and I just listened it listened to it from start to finish, and I didn't really know what to think, and it was a little slow for my taste, but I just started soaking it up, and it time stamped that moment in my life. It made and and by the way, we experience meaning as just things that are worth remembering. And if you want to experience meaning, you got to do new stuff because you'll remember it. If you do the routine every single day, all of that stuff bleeds into one and it gets thrown out of your memory. And if it's not memorable, it's not meaningful. So so get to, you know, go find some maybe it's the New York Times, maybe it's NPR. Find people that you trust. I find people that you trust that are saying, you got to, you got to take this vitamin, this, but then you really don't want to, and just force yourself innocent challenge. Nothing's going to, it's not going to hurt you. And you might just grow a little bit. You know, I'm doing that with some new albums that came out this year. I've never heard of these people came out of nowhere. First song. No, I don't like it. Second song. Still don't like it. Third song. You're like, yeah, this person's kind of weird. You know, like let it grow, let uh, acquire a new taste. If you don't, your inspiration's gonna go stale. All of your inspiration has an expiration date. So, so take some innocent challenges. Last one, friend favorite. We've all got friends who know us, who love us, who we trust, who have been telling us, you need to watch this, man. And you're like, nah, I'm gonna watch another rerun of The Office. I had friends tell me over and over and over that I needed to watch. I uh, you should. I think you should leave, which is Tim Robinson's sketch show. It's kind of like, um, kind of like Saturday Night Live, you know, that kind of sketch comedy thing, but uh, not in a live audience setting. And it was. I felt more alive watching that series when I finally got to it. Like I think two years after I was first recommended, uh, it, it, I felt more alive watching that more creatively inspired than I have in years. And if I just would have swallowed that vitamin, um, I would have been, I, you know, I could have had my creativity invigorated years ago. So what are friend recommendations that you've been putting off that, uh, you know, don't sound like nacho cheese? This is the, the, the stinky cheese that you're just not sure about. What are the friend favorites, the friend recommendations? I'm sure even as I say that, three or four things will spark instantly. They did for me. I've even got, I've started to make a list of some things some friends have recommended me that I haven't had time for or made time to experience. And I'm going to dive into those. Eat your veggies, eat your vitamins get it done. 
as I was doing my research for this episode, I came across an article on Inc.com. I put it in the show notes at creativepeptalk.com slash episodes, and I came up with a little creative prompt or, or tactic from this quote that I found in that article from Michelangelo. And he said, he's quoted as saying, critique by creating. And I wanted to expound upon that as a prompt for your creativity. If you're looking, if you're, if you're, if none of these things did it for you, if you don't know what to make and you're not inspired, one of the best places to find inspiration, we've talked about this a few times recently, is your anger. What do you hate? What do you, you know, I, I thought critique by creating and I started thinking through what would it look like for me to make uh, an illustration that was like the exact opposite of illustration that I hated. And I thought, is that even really a thing? But then I went to my anger. <laughs> I said, what person in my neck of the woods in my field do I, does it just get me mad when I see their stuff when I'm like, no, no, not that. It's the opposite of the work that I'm trying to do in this universe. Uh, you know, what, what would that be? And I want to get to in a minute. I, I actually have a nuanced non-dual thinking uh, thought process about the, this work that really does make me angry, but we'll get to that in a second. But start with, this prompt starts with you saying, maybe you're an illustrator. Who's an illustrator that, that the world is just gaga for and you're like, I don't get it. Or you're a musician. Let's, I'm going to go through it through the lens of music. And use this as a, as a brief, the opposite of what they do as a brief for your creativity. And so uh, we talked about this recently. You know, Ryan Johnson says no film he makes, uh, every film he makes starts with his anger. And it's always something angry about himself, something he just something about himself that makes him angry. And we love that because anger is a secondary emotion. It's, it's, the, it's the steam coming out of the teapot. It's a feeling that's so intense, so bubbling in that teapot that it's spilling out and turning into anger. So if you pull the threads of that, there's some real juicy material that you're going to find. So why does this person's work make you mad? Let's pretend like I hate Coldplay. I don't. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not crazy about Coldplay. It's not my favorite, but I don't mind it. And actually, you know, cheers to you, Chris Martin, for staying relevant this long and, and, and reinventing yourself a bunch of times. And, and you know how to make a tune, man. I'll tell you that. And I've cried to a Coldplay song once or twice. I'll tell you, I'll tell you that. I'll sell you. I'll tell you. And I'll say it. Um, but, uh, let's just take it as a brief. Okay. So flip the brief. You got a Coldplay song. And let's say, what do you hate about a Coldplay song? It's too loud. It's just too loud. Maybe you're a real old man. You're like, I don't like those electric guitars. It's too, it's too loud. The whole stadium's singing along. Music should be quiet. And so you say, okay, well, maybe you want to make something that's a little bit like a whispery little, you know, acoustic song, just barely plucking the strings. There's the opposite of that. You say the, the lyrics are too vague and impersonal. You know, this the clocks song, the lyrics are, you are, you are, who is? What are you talking about, man? Give me some details. Storytelling is about, in the particular lies the universal, as James Joyce would say, me quoting James Victoria, quoting James Joyce. Man, this is ADHD gone wild. <clears throat> Hope you don't mind. So, uh, but let's say in the particular lies the universal. 
you don't want you are, you want who is, and, and you want to get specific about the details with names and times and the way that the bread smelt that day. You know what I mean? Getting really in the details because there's a universality to that. Uh, maybe it's too impersonal. It's like you're talking, you're telling a story that's not yours. Make it autobiographic. It's too trendy. It's too, you know, Rihanna's in the song, in, the, in this rock song. And you're like, no, that's not how rock's done. You're really sounding annoying, by the way, this person who has all these complaints about Coldplay. Um, but, but let's say, you know, it's too trendy. It's too trying to be the next thing. And maybe that means you want to revive an old thing. So go back to the roots of a thing and start there. You know, I think uh, the opposite of a Coldplay song might be Carissa by Sun Kill Moon. It's about uh, his cousin who died in a freak fire accident. And it's real, it's super, it's a quiet song. It's really personal. It's ultra specific. It's autobiographical. And it's just straight up folk sounds. Real Death by Mount Erie, same thing. Here's a guy who wrote about uh, how real death isn't poetic and it just sucks because his wife passed away from cancer um, and, and left him as a single dad with, with their kid. And, and Real Death, if you're looking to cry your eyes out while you're in this isolation, go check that song out. But I don't suggest it at this time and place. Wait until you're stable. But that's kind of the opposite of a Coldplay song. So... Take a thing, take that anger and start there. Who in your industry just gets so much credibility and oh, they got a million followers and everyone's bunk. Have you seen this post by this person? You're like, blah, who is it? And what is it about it that is just not doing it for you? Start there. That's your brief. Okay. Critique by creating. It's like subtweeting with your work, um, but it doesn't, you don't have to get nasty about it. No one else to know. And actually, I just want to throw something at the end, a disclaimer here, because I'm a non-dual, non-binary thinker. I actually, some of these people that make me mad that are doing the, like undoing my work out there, uh, I actually have a belief that I need to be balanced out. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about what I do and I believe in what I do, but I actually think sometimes people are in seasons that need the opposite of what I'm pepping up. You know, they need to be pepped down, calmed down. Uh, I, I'll give you two references for this because I think it just, you know, smooths the whole damn thing out. Uh, I heard a mayor on a podcast. It was on the typology podcast talking about how he was taught early on to have the humility to be like, maybe the other guy's right. Like have your convictions, but just have the humility to know that you might be the one that's wrong. And that's one of the ways I think about these, you know, the artists that are, that, that make me mad. Uh, the other one is I heard Rob Bell back to Rob Bell today, talk about this idea of the two pieces of paper. And on one piece of paper, you say the universe was made for you and you put it in your left pocket. And then on the other piece of paper, you say you are a speck of insignificant dust and you put that piece of paper in your right pocket. And depending on whether you need, uh, you know, be, to be knocked down a peg or you need to be f full of love and, and comforted and you take that non-dual relative kind of thinking and you just take out whichever piece of paper you need in that given time. 
and I'm down for that. You know, sometimes you need some Andy J pizza energy and sometimes you need the opposite and I'm cool with it. But it doesn't mean it doesn't make me mad. And uh, I think there's some interesting stuff to pull out from there. I hope that's an exciting prompt for your creative work this coming season. All right, let's bring it full circle here. At the start of this, I said, you know, let's use this metaphorical metamorphosis, uh, this cocoon as a time to step away from the junk food that is creative inspiration that you see on Pinterest and Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Put down the phone, step away from the phone and dive into a book or a record or your life. But I think there's a full circle here. If you'll do that, if you'll get those healthy veggies and feast on them, your art will be healthy and don't just stay there, bring it back. There's a hero's journey. If you'll make this journey away from the phone and find the elixirs in these deep, healthy, creative inspirations and bring them back to social media, all of a sudden, the creative inspiration on the internet isn't so junky. You know, you see this with Maria Popova and her blog, Brain Pickings. There's deep, amazing, uh, healthy, creative influence that's pulsing through that blog. It's not just throwaway, snackable content. It's heartfelt. It's spirited. I went to an event with uh, John and Hank Green, the Vlog Brothers, recently, and the stuff that they're putting out into the internet, you know, John's, uh, the Anthropocene Review, his podcast, he read one of his podcasts that hadn't come out yet, he read the script for it, and I was moved to tears. This stuff was made for the internet, as internet content. It was one of the most beautiful pieces of writing that I've ever seen. And the group of people here, I believe that they felt seen by John and Hank in a way that they never have. I don't think there is anybody in the world that has really served the niche that they served throughout time. And it all was possible because John and Hank go on these creative journeys. They step away from the junk food that's pulsing through the internet's tubes and back into their own lives and being present in that and finding esoteric knowledge and weird, crazy sources. And they take that goodness and they transform it into something that makes our digital experiences a lot less junky. And so I hope that today you find some inspiration, you find some prompts or tactics or ideas that help you step away from the creative junk food, dive into some real veggies and vitamins and get in back into that delicious, pure creative inspiration because you art what you eat. 
and I'm hoping that this time you got a little extra time on your hands to get, to get into some of that good stuff. I hope you start eating some, some tasty treats so that my internet experience and my consumer behaviors uh, is just a, is that much healthier. So stay tuned to my Instagram at Andy J Pizza. Let's go on this creative pepamorphosis together. Uh, it is a remote retreat. We're all together alone, making stuff and diving into. Share your healthy inspirations. Share your uh, uh, vitamin-rich. Uh, primary research on Instagram and use hashtag CPT remote retreat CPT R E M O T E R E T R E A T CPT remote retreat. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'll share some of the ones that really jazz me up and, uh, yeah, the, stay tuned for the next couple of weeks. We're doing the Pepamorphosis series. I'm really pumped about the episode next week. It's something that uh, has touched me in a deep way and really uh, created some uh, personal and creative breakthroughs that I, I feel like there's some stories here that are gonna, I'm overselling it, but I'm pumped about it. Um, and uh, the, the yeah, we got good stuff coming. Thanks for listening. I hope that me talking about caterpillars really jazzed you up in a time of need. You know, it's going to be hard. It's going to be bad, but it will pass. And uh, I'd love to pass the time with all of you. So stay tuned and we'll do some Instagram live and all kinds of other good doodly doodlies. Um, okay. Thanks. And thanks to Yoni Wolf and the band Why. Thanks to, because they make our theme song, they, that's them, Alex Sugg for our soundtrack. Thanks to all of you for listening week in, week out. And hey, and if you're a creative pepperoni and you have been consuming this content and it's changed your creative career and you're like a creative pep talk master um, and you're constantly spreading the pep, I want to personally thank you. You know who you are people like D Silky and, uh, and, uh, um, and Francie, I'm going to say your I don't, I can't Francie Goudriard. And that's not your name, but I can't remember how to say your last name, but you know, Francie, uh, p- people like you, you guys keep this thing flowing and, and growing and we need you out there spreading the pep. And I just appreciate you. I see you. Thanks for for all that you do. And um, yeah, uh, you guys are making this whole experience of being on lockdown so much better. And until you hear from me again, do whatever it takes to stay pepped up.